the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, April 4th, 2022. Here's a rule of radio. Don't engage in funny banter with your producer 10 seconds before the show goes on. You can't recover. I will try. There's an op-ed in today's Arizona Republic. Note I did not say what a sentence like that usually wants to sound like, i.e. there's an interesting op-ed in today's Republic. I didn't say that because it's not interesting. In fact, it's vapid, and it speaks to an even greater vapidity, waste of time, resources, and to no good end. The funny thing is it's written by four people. You don't often see that in an op-ed. This one took four people, each the head of their own nonprofit, each nonprofit dedicated to some version of ending polarization in our politics while defending free speech. I'll state at the outset they at least gave some recognition to the fact that violence is not speech and that the summer of 2020 experienced political violence in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. They put it this way, quote, we've reached an inflection point in the United States, toxic polarization once dismissed as the normal back and forth of political debate has gone beyond words and boiled over into violence. We saw the results in real time on January 6, 2021, and in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd in 2020, close quote. They then go on to write, quote, but warning signs were blinking urgently well in advance of those eruptions. While President Joe Biden again called for unity during this year's State of the Union address and the country is largely united against the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the headlines continue to paint a picture of division. Partisan gridlock persists in Congress as political parties choose to punish dissent rather than welcome opposing viewpoints. It would seem as if there is no light at the end of the tunnel, close quote. And herein begins one of many category errors and problems. As I stated the day after, Joe Biden's State of the Union that they reference, I think it's a very tall order and a very difficult task to rally patriotism or unity in your country about the depredations between and fights between two other countries. In other words, in other words, hoisting another country's flag does not do a lot and will not do a lot for implanting love and patriotism and unity regarding your own country, especially when the messaging of what this country stands for about that other country is a muddled mess. And the president who tried to solidify this unity is the stir of that muddle, that cauldron. Are we for replacing or ousting Vladimir Putin? Or aren't we? The president who tried to rally us to the cause said yes. His staff said no. He said his staff didn't say no. And he, in any event, was just expressing his personal opinions. Are we going to send troops into the fight? The president who tried to rally us to the cause said no, then said yes, then his staff said no, and then he said his staff didn't say no, but that in any event his words were misinterpreted. Is our plan working? The president who tried to rally us to the cause of unity said yes, but that the plan would take time and the sanctions were never meant to be preventative or deterrent, but his staff said they were to be deterrents and preventative, and the president said no, they weren't. Again. 
So it's hard to have unity in this country when there's not unity in the president's administration on the very thing he's trying to rally unity about here, much less unity in the president's head or thinking or multiple statements. Some walked back by him, some by his staff, only to be denied after the fact in any event. That's one problem with the strategy of using the Russia-Ukraine fight to provide unity in this country. There's no unity from the administration about it. It's also an insuperable order to find unity across parties and heal divisions when the person tasked with and promising to do so has a record of defaming opponents, from his opponents wanting to put black people in chains to comparing your opponents literally, literally to George Wallace, Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis. It's additionally insulting and not healing or unifying when those very names came from within your own party and were opposed by the party you are attacking and attaching those names to. Equivalent somewhat maybe to comparing Uyghur Muslims imprisoned in China to Mao Zedong or Alexander Solzhenitsyn to Stalin or Eloise L. to Hitler or Vaclav Havel to Brezhnev or Lech Walesa to Yuri Andropov. Allow me to read a larger portion of the op-ed from today's newspaper. Quote, the rapidly growing bridging field, a group of some 400 organizations supposedly on board with all of this, has built the evidence base that this work can consistently succeed in building understanding and increasing trust among Americans of diverse backgrounds and beliefs. These programs bridge divides every day among grassroots Americans and leaders. The situation is dire, yes, but through the efforts of the movement, significant change is underway. The recently introduced Bipartisan Building Civic Bridges Act would provide grants for community organizations working to heal toxic polarization. And over the past 18 months, there has been more media coverage of the work to find common ground than ever before. An end to toxic polarization does not mean eliminating disagreement, nor does it mean asking people of strong viewpoints to compromise their values in the name of civility. Given the long-term presence of polarization, it may seem that the country is impervious to change. Yes, polarization is getting worse and threatening ever worse outcomes, including civil violence. However, Americans agree on a lot more than one might think, and we're highlighting opportunities for common ground and building the means to overcome polarization. The bridging field offers a pathway toward the truth and hope if we choose to take it. We'll get there faster if Americans from across the political spectrum who are tired of our broken politics and dangerous divisions will work together toward a new normal, close quote. My first question, what companies are endowing this? What corporate sponsors do they have? Well, one of them is Twitter. Twitter has done more to cause political upheaval and disunity and toxic polarization than almost any other corporation I can think of. Stories, news stories that offend the left or could possibly cause people to vote Republican get censored. Those who try to send those stories around get censored. It's as if we're trying to rely on Volkswagen to overthrow Hitler in the years, say, 1934 to 1945. It's as if Soviet dissidents expected the newspaper Pravda to help expose their political imprisonment and plight. Now, it's possible with Elon Musk that he alone may fix the problem that these hundreds of nonprofits have never cared about but exist because of the problem pre-Musk Twitter is responsible for. My second question, what happened to all these efforts from before this morning? 
I well remember the aftermath of the Tucson shooting in 2011 that killed a federal judge and left Gabby Giffords permanently wounded. Big Sturmendrang that the University of Arizona was going to start a center on civil discourse to prevent all this kind of polarizing attitude in the first place, which it did and is very fancy and glossy looking. And if you look at the speakers they bring in, very well financed. So, too, constellations of organizations that have been around for years claiming to host civil dialogue in an effort to eliminate toxic polarization. So why has it gotten worse and in need of this brand new and big effort? I think part of the problem lies in this. When what really causes toxic divisiveness takes place here, these organizations are nowhere to be found. They convince themselves they are engaging in a wholesale effort that will pay off over time, but they ignore the problems staring them in the face that are the retail causes of all this and are never addressed, responded to, exemplified, or challenged. Where were these groups when an American president was slandered as a bigot, a racist, a tyrant, a fascist, and yes, worse, and routinely? Where were these groups when an American president was slandered for being an illegitimate president because he colluded with a foreign entity to fraudulently get elected in the absence of any evidence and in the presence of a lot of evidence that this was a partisan created airsats narrative using millions of dollars and Rube Goldberg like legal and political and international entities to attempt to portray the lie is true. Where were these groups when two weeks ago? A discussion on free speech itself at Yale Law School had to be broken up by police because the students didn't like one of the free speech proponents. Where were these groups when ASU fired a journalism student and university radio host for linking to a story in the New York Post? Where were these groups when the head of the Democratic National Committee, the chair, the head of the Democratic Party, said earlier this year that the Republican Party was a party of fascism? Where were these groups when leaders, elected leaders of this country, stated time and again and again that this country was steeped in systemic racism and was never that great? Where were these groups when major NBA and NFL stars were calling police pigs and sponsored sitting down for the national anthem and creating a second national anthem? Could anything be more divisive than that, breaking up the one thing we're to unify on? Something called a national anthem? Where were these groups when a state tried to protect five-year-olds from learning about age-inappropriate sexual discussions was boycotted and slandered for being homophobic? Where are the groups today as the president of the United States called the owner of Fox News, quote, the most dangerous man in the world, close quote? Oh, wait. Their funders were funding those words and actions. Twitter, may I remind, has given $10 million to endow a center at Boston University whose leader writes and continues to say, quote, the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. You think discrimination is unifying? Twitter is identified as one of the major funders of this new effort to end toxic polarization is a joke. Twitter does not allow a former president of the United States on its flat platform, but it does allow Louis Farrakhan and the mullahs of Iran. It allows Joe Biden on its platform to say the vaccine will keep you from getting sick or going to the hospital or even getting COVID, but it won't allow psychiatrists to warn of mental health effects from COVID mitigation. It won't allow a satire site like the Babylon be on its platform, but it will allow non-satirical organizations that call themselves revolutionary Marxists to have free reign there. 
Will this new congeries of organizations dedicated to fighting polarization and supporting free speech say or do anything about any of this? Of course not. They've had years to do this, and now they just take money from organizations that cause the very problems they claim to be trying to solve. You see, the problem is this. For decades, at least since Barry Goldwater's race for president in 1964, Democrats and the media thought it just fine to condemn Republicans and Republican policies as redolent and akin to the Third Reich and Adolf Hitler, thus rendering those very words and images less toxic in and of themselves for the very reason that they were never anything in the same universe as Nazi totems and likely our side hated Nazism more than the left anyway, as it was they, not us, that used and still used the ethics of Nuremberg to implement and justify the cause of anti-racism, using ethnicity as the badge of goodness or vileness. And in so vitiating those terms from the ashes of World War II that they have resurrected over domestic policies, they have created an ever-increasing need for more poignant and pungent, divisive phraseology because they neutered the special toxicity of the original terms. Thus, we get phrases we haven't seen in decades, like white supremacy. Think about that, really. Up until four or five years ago, when's the last time you saw the word white supremacy? Never mind so much. Thus, we elevate those who go the extra mile to condemn not just the Republican Party, but any notion of American exceptionalism or greatness. Thus, we create and elevate efforts to completely change our history, including its date, so that it stands for enslavement rather than liberty, all the while denouncing those who challenge this as the true historical revisionists and censors. Thus, we ignore the election of a president who said during his campaign and to this day that he ran based on what is a manifest lie, i.e. because his predecessor praised white supremacists. Tell you what. If you truly want to go after polarization, toxic or otherwise, maybe start with addressing the problem squarely present in front of us. The exchange of saying, I disagree with you and here's why, with you are a bigot and white supremacist or just white or just a man and you shall be banned because you should be shamed as you are arguing an illegitimate position. That's where we've come. That's what's changed here. That's what's encouraged here. That's what's caused polarization, writing whole swaths of Americans out of respectability, much less basic decency. And the ongoing effort that ignores this is exactly why every or the other organization I mentioned that has been part of this for years has failed as well. Regrasp what truth means. We grasp what freedom of speech means. We grasp the notion of Jefferson's, that differences of opinion are not differences of principle, and you will begin to start solving this. Until then, you will figuratively fiddle as America continues to blunderingly burn. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We shall be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. All right, there's Rick right off the bat. Happy Monday, Rick. Thank you, Seth, and happy Monday to you, brother. How are you? Well, I am doing well and better than I was 30 minutes ago, or oh, 20 you. minutes ago. Yeah, thank you, thank Beth, you, thank you. 
Seth, brother, you hit a grand slam. <laughs> I mean, that was a fantastic monologue, and it reminded me of the story of the frog and the scorpion. I'm sure you're familiar with that. I am. Yeah. You know, when the scorpion, uh, when the frog got to the other side of the creek and the scorpion stung him to death, the frog said, why did you do that? You promised not to. And the scorpion said, it's just in my nature. That's right. Well, Dennis Prager has been saying for years, when the left says they will or won't do something, you just look at what they say and you can bet that they're going to do or not do that very thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. thank you for pulling the curtain back on this pseudo-movement to unite us as Americans. We are already united, if we are Americans, around American values. And we don't need somebody like the Arizona Republic or anybody else, for that matter, telling us, hey, listen, you got to... You know, you got to be kind and and loving and and uh, you know get along with everybody. Well, thank you. We tried doing that for years, for years and years and years. The Republicans and the conservatives have been nice and kind. And what have we gotten? Slaps in the face. And as you pointed out, uh, called white supremacist and all kinds of of, of uh, things like that. So, thank you very much. But. <clears throat> Uh, I'm not going to fall for that. In fact, it's interesting. They're flooding television and radio with these ads, uh, you know, that we we need to unite. We need to get along. We ne- Well, <clears throat> excuse me, but yes, I agree. Let's unite around American values. Let's unite around, uh, around the, the things that really matter. And that leads me to one other point, Seth. It's kind of like those coexist bumper stickers, isn't it? Right. Yes, it's a little bit like those. It, it, that's it's exactly not, right. It's sometimes they're in the words tolerance. Sometimes it's coexist. Uh huh. It's not really, you know, the cross and the star of David that needs that message, though they have it on there. It's a few yeah. others. Yeah. It's yeah. A few that's, others. that's right. We're not really all in the same place on this. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I I, I didn't let you get a word in. No, no, right. no. That, that's it's. It's called a talk show. You're here to talk. Yeah. I do have to well, take well, a, uh, a break, though, Rick, real quick, and I'll do a culture and economy update. Uh, unless you have, you want to get out what well, you want. Let, let 20 seconds? Yeah, quickly. go ahead. When is a smart book publisher going to issue a compilation of your best monologue? <laughs> I don't know. You're very kind. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All if right. they're, they're, I'm, a, at, I'm a talker. Uh, my at, writing days are over. I, I used yeah, to write. You know, I don't think I have can, another. I don't think I I don't know. Maybe the computers we'll can listen to you yeah, and, computers and can record listen. all that yeah. stuff. All right. <laughs> You're very kind. Rick. I'm looking forward to the rest of the Bless show. Bless you, sir. Thank you. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. And if it's 34 past the hour, it is time for our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski. We have been looking for him for about a week. John, I hope you had some good time off. It's good to have you back. He is the head of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. Grand Canyon Planning. Dot com is his website. He has a show right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. How are you, John? Fantastic, Seth. Of course, you know that disclosure I say at the end of my uh, segment with you each and every day uh, is why I had to be out of town 
doing some uh, annual Fin-er compliance. Finner and Sipic stuff? All that stuff, yes, all the good stuff. Are they stuff. two different things? Yes, Finner and Sipic are two different things. Yes, <laughs> right. two different organizations, yes. I'll, 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 as long as you know, that's fine. Yes. I have a feeling I don't need to know. Well, Finra is a, regu- is a regulatory, yeah. uh, you know, for, for investment advisors, but then Sipic is the uh, insurance corporation for um, investors' money. So Now we know. There you go. Nice. Not Meathead's name. <laughs> Wasn't it? Stivic? Michael Stivic or Sipic? Something Civic. like that. I, I, <laughs> anyway, it's good to have you back, John. Oh, thank you so really much. Really great to have you back. Uh, we missed you a lot. Uh, the markets were doing well today, it looks like. Um, yeah. Feel free to say something about that if you want. And then I have a question for you about something that Jamie Dimon was talking about. You know who he is, but yes. go ahead. Yes, well, it, just generally, the markets did very well today. We had technology stocks that led kind of this rally, which uh, brought the rest of the uh, – uh, all the different indexes into it as well. So it was a good good day overall for the markets. So I'll just leave it at that and let you go. Well, you I, go. the question I was going to ask, I was looking in the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. and uh, I find Jamie Dimon interesting. And mm-hmm. the reason I find him interesting is is I think when he speaks, it's 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 apprehensible. It's understandable to lay people like myself, and I, I appreciate that. I also think it might be the sign of some form of intelligence. Mm-hmm. No idea where he uh, I have no validation of his politics, but he evidently put out a newsletter, an annual letter, right. and he's uh, warning about you know more, but also inflation as huge risks looming for the U.S. economy. Right. Is he someone? Are others someone like the old ad uh, about uh, Edward Francis Hutton? When he speaks, you need right. to listen, kind of thing. Is Jamie one of those? Are there others? How serious should we take these annual letters? Well, I, I think if you look back at uh, you know, obviously his intent here is is to to pretty much frame what's happening right now in his opinion and with the experts that they have at J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, which they have many researchers and uh, different analysts and so forth that certainly are looking at all the intricacies of the market as well as the economy right now to come up with this prognostication that he talked about in this article. But yes, his his uh, concern is, of course, allowing – he wants the uh, Fed to have a, a, a clear – uh, you know, direction of where they want to go and allow them to do it. He doesn't want to have constraints, have them worrying about what it's going to do to the stock market, what it's going to do, you know, to other ancillary industries that it may affect with interest rates. But he wants them to get a handle on the economy and on inflation. And he feels giving them that green light uh, to do that uh, is going to help. So, but last year when he came out with this same letter, he didn't think that inflation was going to be a problem. Right. So right. there's, you know... Things change, and yeah, one of the sure. big things that has changed here, of course, is Russia invading Ukraine, yeah. which is certainly putting uh, pressure, uh, inflationary pressure, to just about everyone around the world. I believe the U.S. is probably the best insulated, uh, even though we do have our shortcomings and things that we're going to have challenges with. Overall, I think we are still probably going to fare through this very well. Okay, good. I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear it. And and I you know I assume that we're going to have the the president in a, in a weird bind here because I don't think you tell me I don't think I hope certainly not that the Russia uh, invasion of Ukraine and all those depredations are going to last as long as the inflation situation. But I don't know. I well, we would hope not. But what's really awful is when you look at some of these pictures, Seth, and you, you know. see some of these cities that have been completely annihilated and nothing but rubble. I mean, if you're invading a country, why are you invading that country? You think you'd want that infrastructure. Yeah. Right? So wouldn't you right. want to do it in a way that right. ultimately helped you 
get that and and then be able to utilize yeah. what's there. But right now, to try to rebuild anything there would probably break a country as it such as Russia anyway. I don't think that they're going to get anything much out of this. And it's just putting continued pressure on the Russian people and the rest of the world. So. Yeah, no, and it kind of undermines the argument that yeah. we're trying to reunify those who want to be with us while mm. you're slaughtering them, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, yeah. You bet. Well, J.D., it's good to have you back, man, and I'm looking forward to your uh, your your, uh, your teachings over the next Appreciate couple it. of days. Yeah, Thank you, you so much. Securities and Advisory Services are with Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Zipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Check out the website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Thank you. Thanks, John. I'm Seth Liebson. We will be right back. 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good folks at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. They are really good folks. They're involved in more than just fruits and veggies. They have a um, they have a charitable foundation designed to help uh, restore uh, learning about American history. We'll tell you about a project we're going to do with them. They are advertising on channels like this because they believe in communicating the kinds of messages and the kinds of information you and I believe. So if you're looking for a whole food supplement, if you're looking for any kind of uh, natural supplement, I'm going to encourage you to go to Balance of Nature. It's what I've been using for three years and it is the only whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or sugar. The only thing is pure fruits and vegetables, a blend of 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables. As I said, it is 100% natural and third-party tested for anything from bacteria to pesticides, heavy metals, you name it. Balanceofnature.com. Their fruits and veggies make sure in the discount window to use discount code BALANCE, Balance discount code BALANCE gets you the best deal uh, from uh, the good folks at Balance of Nature. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm just kind of consumed with this, you know, these theoretical and ethereal statements about polarization and, you know, divisiveness. Toxic polarization is now what it's called. I don't know why that's worse than polarization, what you have to do to go from polarization to toxic polarization. I suppose when it starts spilling into violence, but where were you in 2020? Where were you in 2020? Um, where were you when Nancy Pelosi said people will do what people will do when the police were chased out of Baltimore as the mobs threw a statue into the into 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 the ocean there? And she said, well, people will do what people will do. OK, OK. All right. I just want you to understand who has been giving the countenance to violence as speech. In other words, toxic polarization and who has been giving sanction to it. So it's revealed today that Joe Biden, the president of the United States, said Rupert Murdoch is the most dangerous man in the world, not in America, in the world, the most dangerous man in the world. I'm old enough to remember when the media went haywire over Donald Trump using the expression fake news. I'm old enough to remember all the media from CNN, MSNBC to about half the folks at Fox saying the president has declared war on the media and has put our lives in danger. Really, really, really? Oh, yeah, I can even back it up. Dean Baquette, I just found this, executive director, excuse me, executive editor of the New York Times, at the time when Trump was president, said, quote, the president's way of personalizing these attacks is dangerous as he targets particular journalists. Okay, did he mention a journalist by name? 
like uh, Joe Biden did with Rupert Murdoch. Martin Barron, executive editor of The Washington Post, said Donald Trump's attacks on journalists are, quote, clearly for the purpose of subjecting them to harassment and threats. Um, Okay, where are they now? Where are they now? See, this is the problem I have with these things that go, these organizations and these groups and these efforts to go after things like toxic polarization. Wouldn't it help if the media, where they print their op-eds, wouldn't it help if the media were consistent about this? If you disliked whatever Trump said about fake news and you raised the rooftops off the rainforests over that, you're now dangerously targeting particular journalists, according to the New York Times. What is it when you what 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 could it possibly be or equal or equate to when you say Rupert Murdoch is the most dangerous man in the world and you get silence in the New York Times and you get silence from The Washington Post. And I guarantee you, you will get silence from MSNBC. The only thing I cannot guarantee you, it'll be interesting. We'll give it a day or two to shake out. We'll check into this. The only thing I cannot guarantee you is whether CNN will even mention it. They're not going to condemn it. They may echo it. They may echo it. Okay. On to you. Kevin is in Boston. Hi, Kevin. Hi there, Seth. Seth, thank you for taking my call. And uh, here it is. I have to reach out across the country. I'm glad to have you. I used to live in Boston, and I don't know how long you lived there, but... uh, one of my favorite shows there was uh, was one was a local show I think with national and international reach uh, as well. David Brednoy's show. I don't know if you're old enough to remember David Brednoy if you were oh, there wait. at the time. <laughs> Thanks for the flattery, uh, Brednoy. That's ten thirty a.m. WBZ. Wasn't Best he great? Web. Wasn't he great? And fifty thousand, and he was right up until the end. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I listened. I was in law school in Boston at the time. I would tune into him every night. Every night. That's why my grades weren't so good. Probably I was but trying to learn from Brett. <laughs> okay, I, can I guess for, for your astute uh, background and from what I uh, listen and read from from you, I'm going to say uh, New England. Journal of Law? Don't tell me like BC. <laughs> no, anyway. You gave a Jarvis degree. I, I don't. I, I don't discuss anything about my time in Boston. It's kind of a dark hole that okay. I leave for others to discover. But it, 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 it's open for one day. Yeah, from where you got your Jarvis degree. God okay. bless. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, Seth. Yes. The reason of my call, and for one thing, my heart reaches out to your immediate. Um, uh, uh, market audience oh, there thanks. in Sacramento for the tragedy that okay. happened yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, and I understand. We'll say we'll say some words about Sacramento in a little bit here. Yeah, go sure. ahead. Go but ahead. my thing is, where are we going to go without the rule of law? Yeah. Last week, as we know, the Clinton machine campaign cartel got uh, got fined only a hundred and five thousand dollars. Yeah. And that was from the finance committee. Yeah, based upon the hoax of the uh, the Russian dossier. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then of the last forty eight hours, with finally the New York Times coming out against the Hunter Biden right. laptop. Right. So I want those two issues, yeah. and they're so pivotal yeah. to where we are going ahead. Yeah. What 
do you surmise will happen? Yeah, very little, probably very little. Uh, you know, what, what took place between the reporting of it before the election and a week ago or two weeks ago was zilch, zippo, nothing, right? I, I don't expect very much. And a fine like that is uh, one speech from Hillary Clinton. I mean, these fines are slaps on the wrist. Um, I think our only remedy, honest to gosh, Kevin, is to make them pay at the ballot box. I mean, I hope we have energized not only our base enough to get out and go out and vote. I hope we have not only energized our base, but I hope we have energized independence. I hope they now see what the Democratic Party is. I hope they now see that when we warned that Joe Biden was not the moderate that he said he was, but was the stalking horse for the progressive movement in this country because the Democratic Party had been taken over by the progressive movement in this country. I hope people now finally see it. I hope people will finally see a campaign, maybe national, but certainly I would urge it to um, to any locality that's interested. Are you better off now than you were two years ago? I mean, D.C. is a wholly owned uh, is a wholly owned outpost, is a wholly owned um, uh, what's the word? redoubt of the Democratic Party. They have the presidency, they have the House, they have the Senate. This is on them. The success would be, the failure would be, and there's no success in sight. Little Sammy Kershaw there for you this Monday afternoon, Monday, April 4th, 2022. Antonio's in Phoenix. Hello, Antonio. Hello, Seth. Thanks for everything you're doing. That was an epic monologue. Absolutely epic. That's nice of you to say. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I, 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 I thought Tucker Carlson had some good ones, but man, you really... <laughs> That's a nice compliment. You, Thank you. You really brought it home. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my opinion on... Uh, what the left is doing, this whole unity uh, blitz now campaign, and you know that, and they brought it up before. You know, it's time for unity and healing. That is nothing. That that is first of all that it's the ultimate in hypocrisy. Yep. And the reason is, yep. the reason is for all the reasons you stated, of course. But what they're doing, what they're doing is they're setting they're setting up. Uh, what they what they really want to tell people is comply. Yes, that's exactly uh, what it is. It's unity. It's unity for the sake of compliance. This is right. this is the right. ground upon which you should talk. Yes. Right. Right. It, 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 it's it's as if you took a scene out of 1984 where Big Brother is speaking and you're flashing on the screen. Comply! Exclamation! Yes. Comply. Yes. Yes, Antonio. It, I it, wish I had made that point. See, I should, my monologue is lesser because I didn't make the point you're making. That's exactly what their synonym of unity means. It's exactly what the synonym yes. is. Synony- synonym and, and, is. And it's comply. Know, yeah. And you know, you know better than me and, and most of us because you're so well read that it, it's just a setup. So when we don't comply. Or we raise the objection, as you pointed out in your monologue about objections being raised. When the objection is raised uh, of, you know, questioning unity, then they say, ah, you see, you don't want to be unified. And they they keep rolling the ball. And and then they say the next phrase out of their mouth is, 
And this is why we have a problem. Right. Exactly. It, exactly. It's a, typi- exactly. it's a typical Marxist. It's right out of the playbook of Marxism, of, of, of hypocrisy, and how to conquer and divide. It's yeah, I, I don't know. i got to tell you, you're right, Antonio. I don't know more divisiveness than I've heard from President Biden in the last right. six, seven months. I really don't. Yeah. It's yeah. it's an amazing thing, and these in, in, in that no one at CNN, no one in the media wants to say a word about it, a word about it. But they have all these condemnations for lesser things that were said by Donald Trump, as if he needed to be f- impeached a third time for saying those things. How about you know that list of lies the Washington Post put out on Donald Trump, most of which were you know absurdities and you know some of them were sarcasm some of them were jokes which they took seriously because they are humorless what 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 about the stuff biden has said about COVID, about russia what about the stuff he has said that he is denying he said including calling republicans in the tradition of bull connor george wallace and jefferson davis he said he never said the republicans were part of that it's on the white house website all right antonio you and i are in fierce agreement I'm Seth Liebson. Brandon Weikert coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.